Okay, so then uh, one of the justices of the peace, which is, uh, they run the county, had heard we were using ivermectin at the jail, and she called me, or the sheriff said, hey, you mind calling this lady? And I said, okay, I'll call. And I talked, and she said, are you using that? Said, yeah. She goes, well, it's not FDA approved. I said, it is FDA approved. It's not FDA approved for treatment of COVID. Well, are you gonna stop using it? I said, no. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Alex Newman, Senior Editor at the New American Magazine. We have a very special guest with us. Um, his name is Dr. Rob Karras, and he is a pioneer in medicine. He's got a, this wonderful practice that I'm going to tell you about, and he's going to tell you about it in just a moment. But uh, he's from Indiana. Uh, he got a, a degree in Hillsdale College, actually a double major in German and finance, and he volunteered for 18 months in Thailand to teach English. Uh, and uh, while there, he changed his mind and uh, became a, a, someone involved in healthcare rather than business. Uh, he went to medical school at Indiana University, did a three-year residency in family medicine, worked uh, for five years in a busy emergency room. He actually served as the director of ER and then uh, moved to Arkansas to be closer to the wife's family. Uh, he's got a really interesting background there. He actually opened up his own uh, clinic in Lowell and then uh, later another one in Fayetteville in, in uh, 2012. 2015, it became Keras Healthcare rather than Keras Urgent Care, and uh, it is now a primary care provider for, for most patients. Um, in 2016, they took over the contract for medical services for the Washington County Detention Center. They now have uh, over 30 full-time employees. And even though he originally wanted to be a doctor, and, and that's where the story gets really interesting. They were, uh, during COVID, they were not following the Fauci protocols. Instead, they were doing dangerous things like ivermectin. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, we've had many doctors here talking about the wonders of ivermectin when it came to treating COVID. But uh, something incredible happened. So stay tuned. Uh, Dr. Karras is going to talk about that. But uh, he decided not to be a missionary doctor overseas. Instead, he is um, taking care of patients right there in Arkansas, like family, and then creating a joyful work environment, he says, by treating his own uh, co-workers like family, knowing that then they're going to take good care of uh, the patients. Uh, Dr. Rob, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, before we get into what happened with the county and the lawsuits and all the rest of it, uh, tell the folks out there a little bit about your treatment for COVID. Uh, you did not go along with what Fauci and the CDC and, and the rest of uh, Washington, official Washington and the establishment were saying, and yet you had incredible results. Uh, tell us about it. Okay, well, um, been a doctor for almost 20 years, or over 20 years now, and uh, and had been treating viruses for 20 years, right, in family practice. And when COVID came, uh, uh, we were fortunate here in Arkansas. It didn't hit here until late April or so, and it had hit earlier in New York City and state of Washington and places like that. So there was lots of information on the Internet you could read, see what the disease was doing what the symptoms were, what people were trying to use and things like that. And so I got to, we got to put in a lot of time. Actually, the clinic was pretty slow there for a month or two. Uh, when when the things shut down in March, you know, we slowed down quite a bit. And so we, I just did a lot of extra reading and talking with my friends that were in med school with me or my colleagues that I've worked with in the past in different places. And our regiment, our regiment initially, like I wasn't expecting, I mean, top-down treatment to me doesn't make sense. It's a new disease. Uh, and and those people, I've never uh, had the, the lecture from a CDC official in med school or uh, told we had to follow these guidelines in med school. We, you know, we were taught by physicians on on how to practice and we practice. So what we did initially, um, 
you know, we use three vitamins. We use two prescription meds initially. That's what we came out with. We use vitamin D. We knew vitamin D was good for the immune system. Other people were using it quite a bit. Uh, yeah, lots of people are, there's, you know, probably more than 50% of the people are low on their vitamin D level, which is called the master hormone. Really, it's a hormone, not a vitamin. So we use high doses of that. I, or vitamin C we would use as well. It's a good uh, antiviral, antioxidant. And people have known that's been helpful for years. Um, back in the past, even for during polio outbreaks, there were doctors using IV vitamin C to treat polio that had success and had journal articles on that. A doctor out of North Carolina. Uh, they would use some zinc as well, which is good for the immune system for colds or upper respiratory infections, which is what COVID is. It's a cold, right? And then uh, for antibiotics, a lot of people were using Zithromax, but the more I read, I like doxycycline. It's got good lung coverage. Uh, and it also has some antiviral properties in some older studies uh, where it worked against dengue fever some. And it's also an anti-inflammatory. We knew there was lots of inflammation with COVID. So that's the, that's the antibiotic I chose uh, uh, to use. So that was our five medicines and we'd have a pre-written scripts and how to buy the vitamins and take them. And then in April, we had one of the first patients in the state uh, test positive. They had driven back from New York City with their friends, had the symptoms, we tested them, they were positive. Uh, and then after that, uh, a lot of the correctional facilities in the state, the larger ones had already had a big outbreak. Uh, and then it started hitting the poultry plants here in Arkansas. We have a lot of uh, chicken plants uh, with Tyson's uh, George's, Simmons, large uh, meat packing facilities. And those folks started coming down with the uh, infection. And so my first clinic, or my clinic in Lowell, which is about 20 minutes from the Fayetteville Clinic, uh, was my initial clinic. I have about 70% Hispanic population. We also see a decent amount of Marshallese patients. And a lot of our patients work in poultry plants. And so in late April, we started seeing quite a few uh, really sick people coming in and like just pouring in and out of the first hundred cases of COVID in the state, we probably had 30 to 50 of those at our Lowell office. And uh, during that first uh, run of COVID for the first few months, while that initial uh, strain was hitting, uh, we had 30 or 40 patients end up in the hospital and six of our patients passed away. And then, uh, but most for most part, that those are pretty good numbers for us. And then uh, it phased out for a little bit and came back in September. And then my Fayetteville clinic got busy with college students. And uh, the nice thing about them with our regimen of those five meds, the college students were pretty young and healthy. Uh, we didn't have anybody in the hospitalized that I know of from the college and no deaths. And we, uh, and you know, there'd be some mornings I'd come to the clinic, we open at nine, there'd be 90 people waiting in line to come into the clinic to get, or we had outside testing, get tested outside. So those were our first five meds. And then I think about September, there was a study out of England that showed that steroids reduced mortality with COVID and uh, pneumonia. And so we started using steroids in September on patients that would get sicker. Um, the way we taught, the way we clinically could tell whether somebody was getting COVID pneumonia is you check their oxygen level with a pulse oximeter that you put on the finger, $20 piece of equipment I always used to call it a poor man's x-ray, but we put it on normal oxygen level for adults, 97% to 100%. If you go below that, something's wrong if you're a healthy individual. If you're older, quite a bit older, you can have lower oxygen readings and be normal. But so that was our marker. And also you have to walk the patient. You know, sitting here in a chair doing nothing, you, your body can compensate. But we'd usually walk them 10 or 20 yards and check. 
And if they drop, then we're like, oh no, they're really getting into the second stage, the uh, 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 immunomodular phase of the disease where it started attacking the lungs and, you're, and you couldn't perfuse oxygen. And so that's, that's how we knew if they were getting sick. Then we'd add the steroids. And shortly after that, after September, we started doing a lot of IV vitamin C on patients with the COVID pneumonia. Uh, ivermectin, we didn't start using until uh, uh, mid-October. I was talking with a former med student friend of mine that was an anesthesiologist that had read quite a bit. And I had seen they'd used it all over the world some, uh, but I hadn't heard much about it. He said, yeah, it's looking like it's helpful. And so I remember the first patient I started on, I wrote the script, walked it over to the pharmacy at the Lowell Clinic. It was a Hispanic male that was very sick, high fever, low oxygen. Uh, and I had him hooked up to a bag of IV vitamin C, went over to the clinic, picked up his ivermectin, gave him a dose, and he got better. Um, and then in November, we started using it as well. And then in November is about when the community outbreak here that really hit, not the college kids, it wasn't poultry workers, but it was every, every, it was hitting everywhere. And it also hit at the jail at that time, out at our county jail. Washington County Detention Center is the second largest uh, prison in the state. We have 800 inmates there currently. Uh, and so initially in April, we had an outbreak in the other correctional facilities, but uh, what I started doing early on at the jail is we gave, whenever somebody would get in, booked into the jail, we would start them on a two-week regimen of vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc. And we did that, and we kept it out of our facility, where it was in most of the other facilities in April and May. We kept it out until November at our county jail. Uh, with the different methods we use, we test swab everybody when they came in. They had symptoms, we put them in a quarantine area. And so we did really well with that. But then when it's gotten commit into the community, it, we had an outbreak and it was bad at the jail where we had lots of patients with it. And we used the same regimen. If they started to get COVID pneumonia, we would add ivermectin. And then we would also do some IV vitamin C on them. And then uh, come October, uh, or, and then, uh, so the next wave was the Delta wave. Actually, Arkansas and Missouri were the first to get the Delta wave. And that wave was actually a little more, to me, it had a higher morbidity and higher mortality. I don't know if that's because the first round of vaccines made it mutate, but it seemed to, to us, that's the one that affected younger men, like maybe age 35 to 65. Those men really uh, did poorly with it. We actually had a 29-year-old patient die uh, that was fairly healthy. Uh, during the Delta wave. That's where I started using tons of ivermectin and tons of IV vitamin C. And then that, so that was uh, 2021 in uh, July it started. And then in October, there was uh, the, uh, the, uh, one of the members of the quorum court, which is uh, justice of the peace, who's kind of like a county commissioner. She found out we were using ivermectin on the inmates. And yeah, I hear Dr. Rob, Dr. Rob, uh, let me, let me stop here real quick. Uh, we're going to go to break folks real fast. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about this uh, incredible effort by uh, bureaucrats and, and uh, others who were opposed to this treatment to bring down Dr. Rob. So stay with us. We'll be right back. I certainly would not want a constitutional convention. I mean, whoa, who knows what would come out of that? It isn't the constitution. That's the problem. It is the people who ignore the Constitution. What we need are just more people that would read the one we have. It's up to us to hold our elected officials accountable. 
who understand the Constitution and are willing to take a stand when necessary. Welcome back to Conversations That Matter. I'm Alex Newman. Uh, our guest today, Dr. Rob Karras, uh, was just talking about the incredible treatment protocol that he used. And if you're a regular uh, viewer of this program, you know for, for years now, we've had some of the most amazing doctors in the world, some of the most highly credentialed people on planet Earth, talking about these very effective treatments for COVID. In fact, we were one of the first, uh, if not the first, to to bring on uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, who was doing uh, clinical tests on this down in Texas and was showing massive massive recovery rates, uh, almost no problems with uh, uh, different protocols that were totally different than what the CDC was using, but uh, very much in line with uh, Dr. what Dr. Rob was describing just now that he was using in Arkansas. Also uh, there with fantastic results. Uh, Dr. Rob, there were people in the county who were not pleased with what you were doing. Um, talk about what happened next. Okay, so then uh, one of the justices of the peace, which is uh, they run the county that heard we were using ivermectin at the jail, and she called me, or the sheriff said, hey, you mind calling this lady? And I said, okay, I'll call. And I talked, and she said, are you using that? Said, yeah. She goes, well, it's not FDA approved. I said, it is FDA approved. It's not FDA approved for treatment of COVID. Well, are you going to stop using it? I said, no, I'm going to keep using it. We, we have a very good record at the jail. And uh, it, it seems to be helpful. And it's a very safe medication. There's been over 4 billion doses of ivermectin given with uh, uh, almost zero deaths. And so it's one of the safest medicines in the world. It's won a Nobel Prize uh, in medicine uh, for its treatment of parasites all over the world. Uh, it's on the who's list of 100 most uh, non-expendable medicines or something like that. And so there's no way I was going to change my treatment regimen. At the jail at the time, we, we had, uh, had probably two or 300 cases by that time and zero intubations of any patient. Um, you know, the, the sheriff, we had a meeting with the sheriff and the county judge uh, on the Friday after the news broke, and they're talking, they're like, well, and they said, what do you think you should do? I'm like, well, it's working. We have a good treatment program. We haven't lost anybody. And, I, you know, I, I'm using it on all my patients. I've used it on my family. I used it on my in-laws, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my stepmom, my mom. I've used it on my kids. You know, it's a very safe medication. I have been taking it weekly uh, uh, during that uh, and that's when I first used ivermectin. Then in January, they started doing uh, a lot of organizations like FLCCC, uh, Dr. Merrick and Dr. Uh, uh, Pierre Corey. They started recommending uh, weekly prophylaxis with ivermectin. I, I told, uh, I talked to the judge and the sheriff, and they said, "Hey, you do medical, we'll back you up. You, you know, we, you've been with us for six years. We've had a great track record so far. We haven't lost anybody. We hadn't lost any guards." We hadn't lost any county employees that came to us and we hadn't lost any inmates. And so, so that went out in the news. It made major news like Daily Beast, the Huffington Post, uh, the, the Guardian, all uh, Washington Post, all that stuff. It's an Arkansas doctor treating the inmates with horse medicine, all that stuff. Uh -huh. uh, um, so we, we kept doing what we were doing. And then, uh, and so they had a meeting at the quorum court. And it, ironically, as fate would have it, three of the Quorum Court County members the next week got sick uh, uh, with COVID. And uh, actually one of them that was against us actually came to us for treatment. Uh, and we treated her, of course. And yeah. so so the, the loss, so then the ACL picked up a lawsuit that five of the inmates filed a complaint that they weren't told what they were giving. 
they all had informed consent. I get investigated by the state medical board for eight months. I had large legal fees with that. They cleared me. Uh, the ACLU case is still going, uh, which I just did some depositions a few weeks ago. Uh, we're, we're still working on trying to get that thrown out. Um, and now at this point in time, you know, two years down the line at the Washington County Detention Center, I call it the safest place in the world to get COVID. We've had over 2,000 documented cases. We've had zero deaths, zero intubations, one two-day hospitalization on a 71-year-old gentleman that didn't take his medicine like me. Like, you know, it's fine. It's their option not to take it, but he didn't take our treatment plan. And he got admitted for two days. He took some of it. Uh, we got admitted for two days and got back out. So it's the safe, it's the it's it's the uh, safest place in the world to get COVID is the Washington County Detention Center. Yeah, well, so- Doctor Rob, what's the takeaway here uh, nationally? I mean, it, it, to, to me, I, and we've interviewed a lot of these doctors. We, we've had Doctor Paul Merrick on this program. We've had Doctor Pierre Corey. We, we've talked to all these guys, and uh, it's just overwhelming uh, from what I from from what I can see that. Uh, the treatments that they were recommending, the protocols they were recommending were radically, I mean, drastically superior to whatever the CDC was telling people to do. And and, and you see that even personal experience. I know so many people who recovered almost instantly with ivermectin, with things like hydroxychloroquine. And then the people who ended up uh, in a hospital hooked up to remdesivir are dying uh, by the boatloads. Uh, what's the takeaway here? I mean, can we still trust uh, the, the government uh, medical industrial complex? And uh, what should doctors and what should patients across the country be thinking about this? Well, I think that that is the takeaway or that is one of the reasons or what one of the outcomes of COVID. It's opened people's eyes to how poor most of our chronic care is. Uh uh, in medicine, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't treat anything for a cure. We don't cure anything. The goal is to try to find the way it looks to me in retrospect. You know, and I've been doing it as well. Uh, some is that you know you want to, you want to find, uh, you want to treat, find a medication to treat the symptoms but not cure it, and then have ongoing need to take the treatment, right? Whether it be Alzheimer's, whether it be depression, whether it be diabetes, whether you know anything you know we, you have to uh it seems like that's the goal the goal isn't to treat cure right or to prevent right so i and at my clinic we have i have two large clinics and we do the county jail i have about 60 employees we see 55,000 patients a year uh each one of i have three physicians counting myself and then uh eight advanced practitioners whether they're physician assistants or nurse practitioners and each one of us see two to five new patients every day wanting to come see a doctor that they can trust. So that's why I can barely squeeze the interview in. We're so busy. I'm looking for another physician. And for us, it has been a boom as far as patient uh, volume and patient load. Um, but yeah, how do, I mean, how do people find you, Dr. Rob? Um, I mean, if people are in Arkansas or people want to learn more, uh, do you guys have a website people can go to to learn more? Yeah. Yeah, we have CARES Healthcare website. Uh, we did during COVID, if there was all the emergency uh, authorization things where I, I treated people almost in every state. I treated my friends in Thailand, Brazil, uh, France, uh, Canada. Uh, I went to my brother's last week as far as just talking about treatment-wise. And uh, I was saying, man, you're paying for everything. My brother's like, oh, you probably go. I treated his whole all his friends in Michigan. I treated during COVID that that were got sick and he's like they buy your dinner every night. Oh, he's there. 
But you can get a hold of us by uh, finding our our uh, uh, website, Cares Healthcare, uh, and then getting our numbers. Uh, I don't really do telehealth nowadays uh, because I don't have malpractice coverage in the other states anymore. But for anywhere in Arkansas, I can do telehealth. We still do lots of telehealth. We still do lots of ivermectin treatment. What was interesting is we started following kind of the, the FLCC inpatient protocol, but as an outpatient. We were doing treating patients outside with COVID. We'd go out and see them. And then when you had the COVID pneumonia, patients would come to us. We'd do two days in a row of IV vitamin C. So I'd have five cars lined up, holes hanging on chairs, dripping IV vitamin C, 50 grams uh, for two days in a row when they had the COVID pneumonia. And that was all day for, uh, I worked from July of 2020, July of 2021 to about January, 2022, uh, and, and took two days off and, or didn't take any days off. and was at the clinic all but two days, go in and hook people up on Saturday and Sunday to IV vitamin C. And we basically followed the FLCC inpatient protocol, uh, but did it outpatient because the hospitals were full. People didn't want to go to the hospital because they'd get remdesivir. They'd be put in the hospital for 20 days where they couldn't see a family member. And they wanted to do it outpatient. We had we had tons of home oxygen units at the at our offices that we'd hand out to the patients to take home and put them on oxygen. Because the initial treatment, if you remember, you go to the ER, yeah, you, you got COVID, come back when your lips turn blue. Then when the hospitals got full, it's like, yeah, you got COVID. Here's some oxygen. Go home until your lips turn blue while you're on the oxygen. And and that's that was the treatment. Um, wow. Well, so, uh, Dr. Rob, we, we sure appreciate you uh, standing firm. And thank you for uh, taking care of the patients. Thank you for joining us today. We sure appreciate it. And folks, uh, check out Dr. Rob Karras. You can find him online. Uh, we're out of time for today. But uh, folks, remember this because there may be another pandemic in the future and uh, we cannot afford to make the same mistakes again. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Alex Newman. This is Conversations That Matter for the New American Magazine. Until next time, God bless you all.